The sacred hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, was written by Isaac Watts in the year 1707, and the lyrics are as follows. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. This song describes what is supposed to happen in our souls when we contemplate Jesus crucified. When I gaze upon the cross and allow my soul to be touched by the truth of what Jesus did, then I truly come to count my richest gain as loss and pour contempt on my pride. All the vain things in life that charm me most, I become willing to sacrifice them to his blood. And I come to see that his love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. There's a Greek word, kenosis. It means self-emptying. It's the word that St. Paul uses to describe what Jesus did for us. In his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul tells us that Christ emptied himself, becoming obedient to death on the cross. Jesus, the Word of God, loved us so much that he became one of us to die for us. Love, so amazing, so divine. And we hear this echoed in the second reading today, too. St. Paul says to the Romans, He who did not spare his own son but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else with him? You see, God is love. God's nature is to give himself. And this culminates on the cross. There is no selfishness in God. Only self-gift. Only love. Love so amazing, so divine. Foreshadowed in the first reading from Genesis today is the truth that God did give us his only son to die for us. You know, this story from Genesis should shock us. In fact, it's meant to shock us. Abraham's faith and obedience was so deep that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son. Now, this story is not about some angry God who demands child sacrifice. That's not who God is. God, in fact, never intended Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Interesting to note, child sacrifice to the gods at the time was common. And so Abraham 
was coming to know the Lord, it may have not seemed out of the ordinary for God to ask Abraham this sacrifice. What was out of the ordinary was for the Lord to intervene and stop it, which he did through the angel. This story is meant to graphically illustrate the point that we must be willing to love God above all else. This story illustrates how the Lord is to be first above all else in our lives. How we are to love God above every person and everything in our lives. The truth that God loves us so much that he literally gave and continues to give himself for us means that if I am to be serious about following the Lord, then I must be willing to give my entire self to him. I must place him above all, love him above all. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. The call of every Christian is to love the Lord and imitate him by being conformed to his life. How do we do that? How do we perfectly imitate the Lord? Well, by living his self-gift, his self-emptying. In short, by loving as he loves, giving ourselves as he gives himself. Abraham, our father in faith, shows us the way. To imitate the Lord, we have to be willing to surrender our lives to him, to give him everything, to give him my soul, my life, my all. Now, how does this look practically speaking. How do we do this? How do we give God our soul, our life, our all? Well, first, we must be generous in giving ourselves to him each day in deep prayer. Spending quality time with the Lord, we have to give him our hearts every day. Lent is the perfect time to begin to spend 15 minutes a day in quiet, contemplative prayer with the Lord. If we truly love him, if we desire to grow in our love for him, then we will be willing to spend quality, quiet, contemplative time with him every day. Second, we must put nothing above Sunday Mass, Sunday worship. Now, I understand we've been in a strange time, right? We're live streaming the pandemic, the virus has changed things, and certainly some people are still not comfortable coming to Mass. But when we get back to normal, and we will, nothing should get in the way of Sunday Mass ever, except emergencies and sickness. The Eucharist, which is Christ himself, the one who gave himself for us, he must be at the center of our lives. Sunday worship has to become a priority for us as individuals and as families. If we truly love him, nothing will get in the way from worshiping the Lord at Sunday Mass. And then lastly, we have to live our vocations heroically and with great love. This is, in fact, the way that we love the Lord in our daily lives and the way that we love others. We have to put the truth of our vocation above 
our feelings. What does this mean? It means, for example, if we're married, that we choose each and every day to love our spouses and our families, our children, both in our hearts and in our actions, even if those feelings aren't there. This certainly goes the same for priests and religious, whoever, our, whatever our vocations. When we put the truth of our Christian vocation above our emotions, we begin to form virtue. We choose daily in our lives forgiveness. We choose to show kindness. We choose to show patience. We choose to be joyful. We choose to care for those who are in need. By choosing these Christian virtues, by living our vocations with great love and service, this is the way that we give the Lord our soul, our life, our all. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. May we be given the grace in this Mass today to give Jesus everything.